you ask most hip-hop fans who their favorite artist is, you will probably get a large variety of answers, from Drake to Tyler the Creator. If you ask them who inspired their favorite artist, the answer is usually MF Doom. The masked MC is arguably seen as one of the best underground rappers of all time, and in today's episode of JudoCast, I and a few other friends take a deep dive into MF Doom, and if he is a classic, alongside established literary classics such as Shakespeare. Uh, hello, my name is Gabe. I am the host of What Are We Wearing Today? My name's Anders. I'm the host of Iron Sharpens Iron. Hey, y'all. It's Jude, host of Judo Cast Deep Dive. So, today we got an interesting episode. We have a three-way co-hosted episode. This has never been yes. done before for us, and it's I never don't know been how it's going to turn out, but... Today we're going to talk about MF Doom, and yeah, okay, Jude, you want to talk about him? Sure, I'll start you guys off. So, do you want me to talk about uh, MF like, who Doom is the he? person first, or how he became Yeah, so like, give us like a, a little bit of like background information first, and then we can move that along into our What Makes a Classic. Okay, so MF Doom has been around pretty much... I'd say 90s-ish, probably around Eminem period of time. And he has been putting out albums. His last album went out 2018, which was his collaboration with uh, Cesar Face, which is like an eight-person rap group, I'm pretty sure. Don't fact-check me on that. But uh, he is widely seen as one of the best underground rappers and uh, the big part of that is how he presents himself and how he presents his music. Uh, MF Doom is a persona he created. Um, I think it originally meant Metal Face and Metal Fingers. Metal Face was the one who was rapping and Metal Fingers was the one who was producing. But that was only on Operation Doomsday, but the name stuck. And uh, it's this big uh, evil Doctor Doom persona that he puts on. So, um, one of the biggest examples that most people say is that at a lot of, at some of his concerts, he's actually sent, uh, fake imposters to perform for him. So, like, he won't actually come to the concert or he'll be in the concert incognito and he'll get fake people to perform on him. And, uh, a lot of it, and, like, that's a big example of his Doctor Doom persona, but he's actually put out a lot of other albums um, under other identities. So the big ones that people think of is Victor Vaughn, which is a whole different actual persona. While Doom's maybe this older figure that people would say uh, he raps about a lot of different topics and he kind of is that MF. He's kind of that Doctor Doom identity. Victor Vaughn is younger mid-20s and he has a bit more of a varied backstory and he admires doom but he actually thinks he could be doing better and he presents all that through the music and sometimes he does it through interviews but other person other notable personas are mad villain which is the collaborative album he did with mad lib i think that came out early 2000s uh what else is there 
There's okay, Danger yeah. Doom, his thing with Danger Mouse, but that's just a big o. But there's a bunch of different personas, but um, I think alongside that, another reason why he's seen is because of his actual rhyming ability. He's able to rhyme rhyme entire bars and syllables on top of the next one, on top of the next one. And he makes these really deep uh, references and connections, but if I was to give you an... And before we switch, Jude, how does his personas, like, compare to his actual uh, personality? His actual... um, Him as a person? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is he's actually very secretive and hardly puts out any interviews. So we know that his name is Daniel Dumoulin in real life and that he lives in the UK. We know of his past, but other than in some interviews, I think he did one with Red Bull and a couple with some other magazines. He's very secretive about his life. Okay. And how was he cl- a classic? And all these- How is he a classic? I would say that Doom is probably a classic for, like, a couple big reasons. The big thing I would say is his rhyming ability. Um, He's, like, just absolutely insane with his flows and how he uses bars and even how he uses bars to tell jokes. Like, you'd expect him to rhyme something, but it do- he rhymes something else, and it makes sense, but it also has... It's funny, and um, I think obviously the biggest example and the example most people use are either Born Like This, which he put out under his main label, which is full of songs with crazy verses and crazy samples and mad villainy. But I think another part of it is his production because he is also producing most of his music. So, uh, he can really use anything to it to his advantage to make it sound like his persona and he can make it do anything that he wants really and i feel like another reason why he's a classic correct me correct me if i'm wrong is that like i just said he was around and like big around the like 1990s eminem period and him and a few other rappers for sure but around that time is when rap just started getting like big and sort of getting like more traction to what it is today. I think that played a huge role in it because the more traction he was getting, he wasn't only making a name for himself, but he's also making a name for the rap industry. And then that's how, of course, he more more rap artists started coming to the game. And then, of course, we got Drake, Trippy Red, all those people, Tyler the Creator, all those people he influenced to become who they are today. Honestly, yeah. I gotta say, I kind of have to agree with you. Because when he came out with Operation Doomsday, which was 1999, rap was more about identity and who you are. You know, Eminem, 50 Cent, all those artists. Exactly. It was all about them and bragging. And Doom immediately stood out as he didn't want to be the one in the spotlight. He wanted to be the villain. He wanted to be the one that everyone didn't like. So I think, of course, he did help bring rap into where it is today. But I think it's... His impact is more on his rhyming and his production and his flow. Oh, and day and back, one sec. Day and back before that, you know, a true classic is Shakespeare. 
No, yeah. the poems type of uh, art. No, that was an awful transition, but it had to be done to switch topics. <laughs> so Shakespeare, uh, he is still significant. Is it 400 years, pretty much? Now, like because that. like he's said to have universal ideas. I think it's kind of misled because universal ideas are like water, food, things that everyone knows. But really, Shakespeare probably only know uh, known by like four billion people, which is still a lot, but nothing near to universal. Do you know what universal ideas themes mean? Because, I mean, if I'm reading a book and water is the theme, uh, I think I'm reading a book about water, but themes are usually like themes of love, themes of fame or whatever. Here, I'll look up what Google says for universal theme. And just like the main topic of a story, essentially. Anyone regardless of cultural differences or geographical location. So I could argue that many of these things, third world countries wouldn't be able to experience some of those things in Shakespeare. But on a, on a counter argument, we're gonna we're gonna mention a classic. And why 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 do we think Shakespeare's a classic? Well, uh, I said some of these things don't apply, but most of them have a uh, connection to many of the people. Yeah, and I think there's like two main points for that because like you can make the argument number one that he is a classic. Because he, like, the English language is what it is today because of him, right? Like, we read, like, a few of his acts and pretty much the whole, the whole play. And we read that, you know, like, that English that he uses, the um, iambic pentameter. Like, that's some, that's some old school stuff. So, like, I feel like, the, like, all those plays and stuff, we're still studying that stuff today because of the amount of, like, quote-unquote English was in that. Yeah, and then the amount of uh, phrases he created and all the expressions we use today all carried over from those plays. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I was was just thinking about that because, like, like, like 100%, like, I think, like, you guys can both agree with me. The symbolism Shakespeare uses in his plays, like, that one quote, um, men make the lady fat, like, that's like that's like the symbolism in that's like incredible like that's like i don't think i've ever heard a different way of saying um get somebody pregnant than a man makes a lady fat or even fall back for your man like that stuff's like insane so like 100 like it helps us like learn english more and like get to know the language and the origins of like the language we speak on a daily basis yeah but it's like as as Jude mentioned, practically, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and lots of the things are like, difficult to understand. Like Even for the professionals that look at it for a living, there's still parts of Shakespeare that don't really make sense. Exactly. And that was my discussion on MF Doom, Shakespeare, and what makes a classic.
You can see that this episode is a bit more open-ended and freeform than the episodes beforehand. I'm trying out new structures, so let me know your thoughts and rate this wherever you can. Thank you for listening to this episode of Judocast Deep Dive. See ya!